Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the programme audio series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast Q&A 2. I'm, I'm your host, Alex Newell, with me today I have... Ben Meredith. I've remembered how to speak. Bryn Monroe. 
Lydia Nicholas. And Helen Gould. I never forgot how to speak. <laughs> but everyone got a certain oh, well, rhythm, duh, 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 which I quite like. <laughs> we are continuing with our questions um, with what I would love to say is a random system, but we've clearly proven that somehow Bryn has managed to game. Um, so we're going to see it through, <laughs> but I want it on the record that I think there's something hinky going on. Right. Here we go. Question 36. For everyone. This is from Alexander. In one of the first RQG mailbags, the players talked about their view of their character and where they wanted the character to go. And I was curious how the original idea for the character has shifted over the course of the show. Was there any aspect they would have thought would have had more focus than it did? So, yeah, how does what happened compare to what you originally hoped for your characters way back when? I don't know. (laughs) That was ages ago. For listeners at home, uh, Ben is flailing his arms in a way akin to an octopus. No. (laughs) But yeah, seriously, I I don't know. It was so long ago. Um... I would say as one of the characters who had from start to finish without an interruption, Mm. I can't speak for Bryn, but I was very satisfied with Hamid's development through Same. i think it holds together quite nicely like emotionally and uh intellectually hit all the beats i wanted to it wasn't the story i thought i was telling uh in a good way i think sure. the story if i'd just been free to tell it on myself would have been much more cliched <laughs> <laughs> um and i re i yeah it, i mean obviously the the huge change in the finale you know made a huge difference to all the things I'd imagined beforehand. And I I, I never had a really clear idea of what ha- what Hamid would have done if the finale hadn't happened the way it did, as it were. Uh, and yeah, I'm re- really, really happy with the ending and hit some things I'm really glad that Hamid got to do. And, you know, like kind of unravelling his privilege, but also recognising it and using it in what I hope are productive ways. Fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, I... I very very happy. I don't remember what I said many years ago, but uh, yeah, you know, I think I talked about in the previous Q and A about you know the things that changed and and stuff that I noticed as we went along for Hamid, and certainly a lot of the intentions I had did play out in a way I'm in a way that I at least partially wanted them to, but also with improvements and differences that I'm really glad happened. Why well, I have to admit I do separate in my head if we're talking about from the start of the show. Like episode one Hamid and then episode three Hamid, where I think episode three Hamid to the end has a nice clear arc and episode one was a bit of a rude awakening for you are not a playboy, yeah, even I mean, though it, it wanted to be. We still talk about that whole thing. And it's like that was we dropped that within the first 10 episodes. That's less than five yeah, percent of the show. It's just yeah. not I don't think it's that big a deal anymore. For that first five <laughs> percent of the show, I had a very different idea. It didn't work. We dropped it correctly. And, you know, I think, honestly, for me, from episode 11 onwards... Yeah, I'd say that's It's coherent and great, is my kind of own opinion of it. And I feel like... We all we all had a bit of a warm-up. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let, let's not forget, Zolf was very key to buckets as a solution to any more problems <laughs> yeah. in the early days. Well, that was when, yeah, that was like when I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have sort of like casual sacrifices of thing because again, it's weird and let's explore what Faith does. And then I, I did it and everyone was like, whoa, okay, maybe this is this is a bit darker than we'd intended. So maybe just tone that down, which is, yeah, why it came up once and then has never come up again except in like jokes. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we came full circle at the end to, you know, 
they basically uh, meeting an extra planar entity that also needed a good bucketing. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think Azu had the subtlest arc yeah. in some ways, where I see it and I recognise it, but I think it will pass some people by because as all of Azu's arc comes in the contradiction between the said and unsaid, which is what changed. Yeah, she's so quiet. And I honestly have surprised myself with that. Because the thing is, because I, I, wrote, I wrote her to be like quite similar to me, but actually during playing her, I'd be like, oh, we're actually extremely different. Like we both care about people and we want to like make things better, but everything else is real different. She's like yeah. maybe, she is kind of like a teenage me, but like without um, the the wildness of being a teenager, if that makes any ah. sense. Like yeah. she's not I as genuinely stupid think as I was of her as, as your older axe wielding sister. <laughs> I don't know. I I'd I'd thought that she would be a lot more kind of driven and authoritative and um, ambitious. But that's just not how the first episode with her went. So I just dropped it all like a hot potato. Um, and I was like, okay, so she's awkward and happy to go along with what other people would like. And, you know. Um... But that's good improv. Yeah. There's a phrase, like, again, bleep it, but this is the technical phrase. Is there's, there's a rule in improv, which is drop your shit, Which is you're going to go in going, right, I'll do this, I'll do this, this will happen. And then it's like three seconds in, it's already gone wrong if you do that. Yeah. Drop your shit. I mean, the the original backstory I sent you was quite serious. It yeah, it it, but it worked. It was very grounded. Was my takeaway not so much serious as it was very like mm. I don't know what the word is. It it wasn't high flown. It wasn't like and while at this billionaire's party, they discovered the source <laughs> of vibranium. It was a little bit more, you know. Yeah, it was all very small. Look, stuff. sometimes you want that to be your backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all of her stuff was just very sort of personal and intimate and like real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh rather like and you of course part of this is probably because I hadn't listened to any of the show before, so I had no idea what the rest of you had lined up. I had no idea <laughs> that there would there was like someone who was gonna be a dragon and someone <laughs> who um had like grown up in like a criminal gang who had mysterious parents and I love that you didn't know that stuff. And I'm really glad that you committed to that at the start. Yes. Because it made it far more interesting. Yeah, so I just... Yeah, but we were kept explaining the plot to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a, that was a favourite moment. Grizzop recapping. No, that was so <laughs> good. Yeah! <laughs> oh, God, I forgot that. Yeah, that was really good. But, yeah, so um, in terms of the character growth, there was that one episode where I immediately realised that everything I thought she was going to be will not happen. <laughs> And then there was like the slow realization through the through play, through the improv of like, okay, so how is she actually going to react? What would she actually do if she is this realistic um, sweetheart? (laughs) On a character note, I didn't expect Wild to stick around, actually. That's a, a fun one. So I introduced Wild as someone who I thought might be recurring but not persistent so by that i mean introduce them in a bit and then they kind of disappear for a while and then they rear their head and you're like oh good see you again and then they disappear again Mm. however you you learn to spot when something works and when it doesn't so all i did is i can't even remember who it was there was going to be a different character who would have filled that contact 
role. And I was like, you bring nothing to the table. Go away. Be gone with you. <laughs> right, Wild, you're that person. But we're talking like first two episodes that Wild was around. I was still like, eh, he, he might just kind of bounce on. But it, 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 occasionally the planets align, you know what I mean? So I blame James for that. Mm. I think the decision to uh, for Bertie to bang Wild um, kind of made him, like, it entwined him with the party in a way that, like, Haringey wasn't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Haringey, we just kind of chatted to and it was fine and, like, whatever, he gave us some quests. But immediately Wild became enmeshed in, like, our personal lives as well as the plot. Yeah, I'd have done more with, like, Wild and Harrison Campbell, I think, if they mm. if Wild hadn't have been sort of drawn in as like a an obvious parallel but yeah i'm happy with how it turned out but i definitely wasn't in the very first iteration like again same as uh hamid uh brin with hamid where it's like first first couple of episodes i was like this is not yeah okay yeah all right it'll be this thing instead and i'm glad it did but was slightly different Hmm. Uh, i think for my two characters sasha sort of played out almost as expected like Mm. not exactly not in a kind of rigidly plotted way but similar to kind of Hamid went in with an idea I think we've even mentioned earlier on that there were like several paths that she could take Mm. and it was like Mm. does Sasha become Batman oh yeah yeah and that's the kind of that's the bad route (laughs) that's the kind of does Sasha continually isolate herself and like does she take the damage the emotional damage there is obviously took a lot of uh, magical <laughs> and physical damage. But <laughs> does, does she take that and and turn it into kind of anger and and drive, or or does she learn to connect? And it, there were tipping points, I think, mm-hmm. very much where like she kind of shrank off, and then people went and sought her out. There were there were several paths I saw forward, and I was really interested to see how the world and the other characters and their interactions and everything took her. And like you know, Cell was. So it was just fun. Like, <laughs> so I had a lot of like stuff going on, but um, I ca- I kind of did expect them to have a, a romantic storyline, partly because I went in with Sasha saying like it's it's not necessarily that she doesn't do romance; it's that I'm not going to play romance in this mm. yeah, yeah. particular yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. But with so, so I had a lot of like pent up, like so let's do some awkward romance scenes. <laughs> And really, all of that had to come out in like one line, which <laughs> did fortunately make Alex turn purple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, Alex doesn't have the tools equipped to deal with that. I'm, I'm stumbling even thinking about it. <laughs> what I would say, though, is it's popped into my head. Here's a scene that would have been fascinating to see, which is um, Chaucer and Sasha, given Sasha's experience having dealing with a chronic undead condition. Mm. Oh, yeah. That would have been a really interesting scene. No idea where it would go, but that would have been a really interesting pairing. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see, let's see where we go. See where we go. Right. We are at. Ooh, ooh, it's a high level one. Five. Ooh. <laughs> I'm surprised this has asked so much, but at the same time, makes sense. What were Figgis and Mr. Ceiling supposed to be called? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Figgis one. Um, Fun fact, there's a lot of times where my notes just say the words wing it. <laughs> ah. Figgis, is, Figgis as a character was just wing it. I think it's important as a GM to make sure that you have elements of chaos that you can't control because <laughs> they become tools that you can bring out. Figgis was never meant to return and pretend to be Byron, but the second that, I, that, that there was an oddity, I was like, that's fun. Pluck that from the ether and use <laughs> it. Uh, Mr. Ceiling, I, I'm, I'm going to expose how much of an arse I am. 
Mr. Ceiling was going to be... If someone didn't name Mr. Ceiling, Mr. Ceiling was going to do what Mr. Ceiling did best, which is pick up a name from the way people were referring to um, it. Because all of Mr. Ceiling's thing was like, you know, repeating back whatever was said and just learning the worst lesson possible. <laughs> like, that was the whole Mr. Ceiling bit. So if you'd have just kept saying, you know, it's listening to us, it would have just called itself it. If you'd have called it that monstrosity, it would have gone... I'm that monstrosity. Aww. Like it would have. I, I explicitly was just going to adopt whatever moniker emerged. Like that was always written in. So the fact that it was Mr. Ceiling did play into my hands. I'll admit, wasn't the one I was expecting. To do. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something like it, or you know, something a bit more like ominous, dark and thematic. Ominous, yeah. but no, no, Mr. Ceiling, fine. I, I'm glad it came out that way. To be clear, it, it did what it was supposed to. But that's what I talk about, where I, like have a randomising element. Mm. Sometimes it's nice to not know because then you can be surprised, and it's normally better. When I think Mr. Ceiling does also kind of capture that horrifying innocence that yeah. it had because it mm. sounds it sounds like a children's character from a creepypasta. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I wasn't expecting it, but like. That's the kind of title you'd never come up with yourself. Mm. But when it turns up, you're like, oh, I quite like that. Yeah, it's very much like... Improv is its best. Here comes Mr. Ceiling. What horrors will he inflict today? <laughs> <laughs> there is, in fact, a um, a Leitner book. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> yes. it's, in, it's in the short series. I guess from Mr. Ceiling. <laughs> It, it, yes, it's from the interior decor suite. Uh, they didn't really make it into the main the main thread, but we might release them later. Um, that, okay. that which paints the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the most Magnus-esque avatar well, title I, I, for an I, interior. I, I do love it. You like, just I'm really proud of you for mundane that. mundane stuff, but in a really pretentious way, and boom, you've got an entity. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna write this shit back onto our <laughs> Twenty three. Okay, twenty three. How did Alex and the players approach creating various queer characters, and what did you try and pay attention to with their portrayal? How did the experience impact you? That's a very broad one. I'll reread it. How did Alex and the players approach creating various queer characters, and what did you try and pay attention to with the, with their portrayal? How did the experience impact you? So I've, I I can start on this because I have spoken about playing Cell quite a bit. Um, I, I like to to say that I've struggled with cisness isn't quite the right word, but for uh, my entire life I've not fit into easily gender norms and working out exactly how I wanted to express and talk about and label that and and perform it has been uh, as it is for everyone a lifelong project. I thought about. Uh, playing Sasha as non-binary at the beginning but as the character kind of developed in my head it made a lot more sense for for her to be a woman it it's hard for me to explain why but like when I was beginning to sketch out Cell it just they just they just didn't want to have a gender like I I literally was writing them and I, I actually yeah. try I, I thought of the idea of, of playing a, like a male version or, or a, a female version and it just it just did not it was like the character kind of sat up and told me mm, who yeah, they were I can and understand it, that it's it's very weird I don't want it to sound like pretentious and profound but it, it was just like no that makes complete sense for them and I genuinely thought that that would be part of a longer process of myself coming out as fully 
non-binary but what was interesting was having the opportunity and i really recommend people kind of (laughs) try and play with these things playing someone who was confidently and securely i knew exactly who they were and had had a very different upbringing than me and had had different formative experiences than me kind of helped me solidify my thoughts about who i am and and my thoughts about gender as well and how that ends up being kind of performed and experienced, at least in my case, where like I now consider myself like I use they and she. And part of it is that for me, I know that she-ness isn't like it's is something that I earned and worked on and like built up in solidarity with other people through experiences and, and all sorts of like something I I learned like and and I don't want to give that up now. Mm. I spent a lot of time thinking about how I could do that in a way that felt authentically me. And I I now, I don't think I would have worked all of that stuff out if I hadn't played Cell in the way that I did. So I I put a lot of thought into it, essentially. Mm. Uh, And it had a big impact on me. Summarise, draw a line under that. That was it. I thought for a long time. (laughs) No, it was really cool. Um, What's interesting for me with Azu is that um, from the start, um, like I said, I wanted her to be like me, so I made her bisexual. And I was just like, right, done and dusted. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sort of as time went on, um, so I made sure that she had like partners of different genders and stuff like that. Um, and then there's that bit where Azu and Cell have this conversation about like what relationships like can be and maybe some of them can mean this or maybe they don't have to mean anything at all. And maybe like... Um, and that also became part of like Azu's queerness for me because um, the way that I sort of treated her in like the uh, in the epilogues, right? I figured Kiko and Azu are going to grow and age and develop at very different rates. It feels like they would naturally grow apart. And then I was like, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they have to like have no relationship at all. So mm-hmm. I made sure that like Kiko would still be around, involved with Azu's family, part of like. Um, a broader understanding of what relationships are. And so, and then in the third epilogue, I had uh, Chinua move in with Azu and Amir as well. And people can take that however they like. They can think it's platonic, platonic or romantic or a polycule or a thruple or whatever. But it was important then to me to show different... Um, it just that that yeah. conversation with Cell started yeah. me thinking of different models of relationships and how mm. Azu might internalize that, and that's also something we've been talking about in terms of like so much of Azu's development is very quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> very just yeah. her thinking quietly and then doing things that are not as loud as what other people will be doing, but do show that she's changing because she was, um, yeah. And what's also interesting is that I think in my head she has a much broader understanding of like what kind of relationships she would want and be in. Um, whereas me personally, I now have quite a strict definition of what kind of relationship I want to be in if I was to have another romantic partner. Um, and I'm absolutely fine being on my own without that as well. So it's like, Azu has all kinds of different partners on different levels in my head. And I'm here like, hey! um and it was also interesting as well to go through my own gender journey um and realize okay so azu is a woman and i i'm not sure i am um Mm. and that Mm. was weird because again Mm. built her to be like me 
<laughs> this is not entirely like me anymore by the end of it. Um, so impact it's had on me is more in terms of the reflecting on what she made me think about and how I think mm. of her now as opposed to when I started. Um, so yeah, I started off thinking I would put no thought into it whatsoever. And <laughs> and yeah, as you could tell, I have just given like a small speech. So I actually have been <laughs> thinking about her quite a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for um, Mrs. Olf's um, like sort of uh, asexuality, um, it, it kind of, I didn't put any thought into that at all, like at the start either, because it's just not a part of like when playing trpgs i don't engage with like that that part of things really and it was you know it was born out of like a practicality thing as well because like i you know decided that i wasn't comfortable having like a romantic or sexual relationship with you know an oscar wilde adult you know that get it it gets weird it gets weird yeah um so yeah but then like as to sort of what i thought about it i mean look to be honest um I spent a bunch of time on like the sexuality wiki, having a look, um, and kind of having a think about that kind of stuff. And like, just I, the the main thing I wanted to do is make sure that I didn't fall into, you know, the the stereotypes and and tropes about asexual mm. people. Um, so, you know, like, honestly, it's just from like also following a bunch of people on Twitter, which you know, for all of its sins, is a good way to hear people who uh, various backgrounds and stuff and sort of just like paying attention to when those people were talking about their own experience with with their own um sort of mm. way of being and being like okay you know and just kind of reading that and trying to in- internalize that and then you know use that to inform how i played zolf um yeah like it if i if i'm honest it's not like a a massively thought out thing beyond wanting to try and do right by it. That's mm. and that's really it, which is maybe maybe not great and maybe I got a bit lucky, but um ultimately I It sounds like you did a lot of the work. Yeah. Like as in you did like you were talking about doing quite a bit of reading and thinking and reflecting on stuff mm. and there was there were definitely times where you would begin saying something like in the while we were playing and then sort of pause because it was stuff that you wanted to give yeah. respect and thought to. Like that was very, that was, I don't know how obvious you thought it was, yeah, but you, I do remember a couple of times. Yeah. You were like, yeah, I agree. No, I just, I just want to think through this. I, I do think yeah. like it might be a little naive, but I do think you can achieve quite a lot with, with caring and also just applying some critical thinking every now and then. Like <laughs> a, lot, a lot of it can yeah. come down to just being like, hang on a minute, let's think about this. Yeah. yeah. Care, read. Yeah. yeah. I think this sort of exposes... I'm going to struggle to articulate this one, so I ask people to bear with me because it may come out as gibberish. <laughs> this sort of exposes something that's come up in... Like other stuff I've worked on as well, which is erasing the line when originally conceived was more about power, responsibility, how that interacts with socioeconomics, where does responsibility end, where does um, personal responsibility trump certain types of morality, all of that Mm. kind of thing. And I'll admit that queerness wasn't in the original conception like a core piece of dna but a if there's one thing i've learned over the years 
it's that apparently the stuff I work on ends up turning queer regardless, <laughs> um, which I think is fine. Um, and it comes from a fact of I, it's, it's kind of hard not to, I guess. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, is recognising that the story you're telling, and in this case collectively telling, wants to be something and don't fight it mm. as well. Mm. Where queerness kept coming up as a as a theme, it kept coming up as a point of discussion between characters, it kept being a thing that people were engaging in, and the options there were, thankfully, a nice, clear, correct and incorrect. The incorrect would be, no, that's not what this is about! This is about these things I originally said it's about! Or you can open-mindedly engage and expand and in- incorporate the things that keep coming up because that's what your players are presenting. It's what is clearly being told, even if that isn't necessarily what you originally thought you would be telling. Um, but I'd say similar to Ben, I think I've been quite lucky in that I got to have all of these discussions in a public space where I was afforded the courtesy to continue to develop and learn. Mm. Because I think it would be incredibly stupid to say, yes, Alex knew everything on every topic that came up over the course of the last five years. Um, And I consider myself quite lucky that over the course of this, I've been able to learn more. Not because I was wildly ignorant, but I just think I was occasionally naive, if if I'm being very, very brutally honest. And it's been nice to be able to broaden that in a environment where we can explore these things together i guess Mm. i don't know if that makes much sense i i I waffled a bit no i think it does i think it's also interesting that like to me stories that tend to be about power and about how power affects people do often tend to end up being queer stories because of the way Mm. that um the queerness is sort of socialized and politicized um it is a group that does not have much power, and so it just tends to automatically go together. I think. Um, sure, that makes sense. Or at least it, it can; they, those can be narratives that people can read into it easily, as well. Mm. I do think that having that, having power hovering in the background, having these like large forces at work, mm. it just gives a wonderful depth to and context to relationships. Like, I mean, we specifically didn't, in the story, engage in talking explicitly about the ways that queer people are marginalised in, say, the real world, right? Like, the, <laughs> while homophobia and transphobia nudge their heads up in the world in different bits, sure. it's definitely a different world with different yeah. levels yeah. of yeah. Um, different expectations, different levels of expectations and kind of models. And we engage with multiple different cultures that have different perspectives and use different, use pronouns differently and have relationships differently. And yeah, it's, it's just that it, it's wonderful to have a space where you can learn and explore an experience by you know, I think that if Cell had grown up in an area that was explicitly uh, transphobic, they would perform an experience, their identity, like it would be impacted, mm. right? The way that sure. they behave and think about themselves. I, I would hope and, and kind of, it almost makes me emotional thinking, like I would hope that they would reach the same level of confidence and joy yeah. in themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but like it would be a different path. 
Um, and so it is just lovely to get to play people that experience less crap <laughs> um, in, <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a different world, a world that isn't perfect, absolutely not perfect, but is, is one that definitely is different. That, that that was lovely to do. That's another thing I'll miss. I mean, there will be other worlds that we'll play in, or <laughs> that we'll get involved in, or like read about, or whatever. But like, it was a, <laughs> in many ways, it, it was a like wonderfully thought out, and it was a, it was a wonderful world to kind of wander around in. Hmm. On that, then, I think that's a really sensible point to take a break, and then we'll come back in having had a <laughs> having had a re uh, a reset and a bit of a rumination. I think. <laughs> Yeah, we're all like, oh, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> oh. let's, let's have a snack and reset. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back. Thankfully, this episode's running a lot closer to what I hoped. No nice things for Bryn. All, <laughs> all non-critical roles. I've asked most of my roles. questions. Yeah. And mo- certainly yeah, most of the important ones. But let's go again. Let's go again. Let's see what we've got. Let's see what we've got. He's going to roll a 55. He's going to roll a 55. Okay, let's have a look. 56. Ooh. Ooh. I'm surprised. Oh, yeah, oh well, bad. for being so close, uh, I'd like to grant Bryn a question, actually, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so this is from... Hiller Horizon, I think. Ben, what happened to the rope Zolf tied to Wild? <laughs> did it get untangled off screen or did you just forget about it? How do you think it would have played out differently if it had stayed? I don't know what this is it's, referencing. We tied ourselves together in the Garden of Yerlik and then we took a massive bloody break in recordings and we all completely bloody forgot <laughs> yeah. about it. Because yeah. oh, Wilder's saying that he might Yarlick. get distracted yeah. and wander off. He was going to wander off and we were like, don't wander off. We tied ourselves together and then we just never mentioned it again. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Wild and tied probably himself. probably chopped off by a knife fairy. <laughs> That's it. That's what happened. Cannon. Knife fairy. Chopped it apart. No, here you go. Wilde will have untied himself because Wilde is not a child. Wilde is a grown man can look Wilde after himself. Wilde could not undo Zolf's no, knots. Actually, what happened, guys, is that the, the, the ritual that resurrected Sasha from her lich condition actually made her immortal and she lived on to the present day and she migrated <laughs> to Russia and whilst the rest of the party was in the Garden of Yerlik, she came with them, but she's so good at stealth now that she would, <laughs> no one actually spotted her and she cut the rope between... Uh, uh, Wild, and then and then helped Wild deal with some of his lingering emotions, <laughs> so that his experience inside the guilt plant between planes wasn't as bad as it See, otherwise would have been. Okay, that's just a longer yeah. way of saying what I said. Knife fairy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fan theories. I love them so there's, much. There's there's more than just this as a gaff throughout here, and no, I'm not going to list them all because I don't know them all. Mm. But I guarantee you, it is. You should be astonished that the characters manage to keep the same names. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> the level of I've forgotten more than I've written about this. And, campaign. and to be clear, like I, I did mock anger. I do really enjoy the the how how people like bend over yeah. backwards trying to make it make sense. It's a really fun, yeah. creative way to play with the story, and it's great. Like you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, draw, like, I'm literally, I'm accessing my memory. I'm going, okay, ropes, Yarlik, and I'm just going. Yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> I remember tying it, and then I remember nothing else. The thing that makes it all make sense is that what the campaign actually is is the story that is being written by by Zolf. And... Oh yeah, this is well, Zolf's well, no, 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 that's, that's, that's Zolf. what it is. Ham, I think Hammond is primary author yeah. on this. Th- okay, but this is the story written by Hammond and Zolf, also drawing on notes that they rediscover in yeah. Rome yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that detail what uh, Sasha and Grizzop yeah. are doing. And all of the the 
errors in memory and uh, unrivaled uh, narrator. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's not a gaffe. Oh, sorry, okay, no, we didn't just get it. It. It just a big. This is this is a masterful <laughs> yeah, second yeah, yeah, degree absolutely. narration via Hamid and exposing his state of mind <laughs> to make such an error. And that's the point yeah. at which the child sat up with Hamid and was like, "Hey, Grandpa, are we getting to the kissing bit yet?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's why all of the bits with Hamid's character make logical sense and follow the rules. Whereas, like the other characters, often. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Hamid stayed in the carriage, whereas that's it. everybody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Hamid wrote, and this cavalcade of idiots all just jumped out. <laughs> cavalcade of idiots, by the way, is just absolutely. Okay, okay, next question, next question. So this one's number 11. Doubles. Oh, oh doubles. And I'm really annoyed because I thought I'd, I'd hoped I'd dodge this one. What levels are wild and some of the other combat-focused NPCs? They've, they've lumped them all together. Some at Nurls, the other Ursine Druids, Augusta Ada. Has the wild leveled up during the campaign? What level was Augusta in the prologue? What type of caster was she and what amazing attacks could she have performed? Okay. Lots one pack. I'll try and get through it quickly. Um, wild leveled up like once through the entire campaign because I have a thing I like to do as a GM which is I like to introduce a nice powerful character who stays static as everyone else grows because it really starts to highlight look how far you've come mm. <laughs> um, so I really like doing that as a thing so I think Wilde did level up like once as to his specific level I genuinely can't remember I'm thinking I get level 14 vibes off of him I think I think it was around... I'd have to double-check my notes. I think around 12-ish, 12, 14. I think we mechanically pegged it at some point due to an effect between... 12 and 16. Yeah, it's it's around there. Um, you can tell what level he was at because of the bonus he gave through his bardic singing yeah. Well, thing. That, that narrows it down yeah. to that window, at least. Mm. Yeah, but. I know that he was at the lower end of that window, so it'll be about 12 at that point. Yeah. I think maybe if I'm being generous, he might have started at level 10 meeting the party yeah. and got to level 12 by the end but I always make sure that my NPCs level a lot slower yeah, yeah. so that the group feels like I mean, it's the, the tank shenanigans in Paris that was like a pretty pretty powerful effect comparatively mm. to us yeah so I th- yeah, yeah, yeah I think he blew uh, to be clear as well Wilde did one thing which makes it hard to gauge level which is <laughs> due to the way the game runs but also I like it as a personality thing is Wilde spends spell slots from most to least expensive regardless of the encounter <laughs> <laughs> it's always I'll do my big shiny thing immediately and then keep working down the reason being the combats are that dense that you only get a couple of opportunities yeah, to yeah. do stuff so mm-hmm. make them flashy yeah. you know um Beyond that, uh, in terms of the other levels, Summit Nurl was stronger than Wild. The other, the Ursine Druids were actually quite strong. Um, they were quite powerful Druids, actually. They were, I think, more powerful than the party, certainly, at that mm. point. But I'd have to double-check my levels well, on think, that I one. Think but a, they were pretty damn powerful. flying wild shape is reasonably late because obviously giving you fly at will is 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 pretty pretty good i got the impression they were at least 15 or 16 yeah Yeah, i had them pegged around 16 but not all of the druids were that level the youngest druid wasn't actually high level yeah um but like the eldest the elder ones definitely were high high level um i would also say in terms of other ones ada han ada had 
if I remember correctly, sort of profession levels. So there's some rules in Pathfinder for like civilians where it's like, oh, you are the noble, you are the peasant, whoop-de-doo. But there is some more interesting stuff like you are the scientist or whatever. Mm. So she didn't have class levels in like Artificer or anything like that. But I did, I, I dug in, but I did not really like go full hard rules as written. She basically had civilian levels in a few obscure things I found, which basically said max skill ranks in a few things and then you're basically just a, a, a generic O person well if, if, if you want to build as, somebody who can't fight you can't give them player character levels because yeah. all player characters are in, horrifying in fights even if they're like <laughs> I'm the nerd absolutely <laughs> But the flip side of that is, if there's one thing I learned from the civilian system, it's the civilians are squishy. Yeah, yeah. Like, real squishy. Like, I couldn't have natural one fumbles be around civilians because it insta-kills <laughs> various it's civilians. It's almost like you shoot their um, knees off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're very <laughs> squishy. Um, and as for the last one, what type of caster was Augusta? Well, and also what level was she? Because she was a boss encounter, right? So I think... Yeah, she was a boss encounter during the prologue. That Sasha skipped. I'm really sorry. I don't remember. We... <sighs> yeah. Because I know that towards the end, I did level her up, but with loads of martial levels. Yeah, she was, I think, something that is technically called uh, Stabbered in the Back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd have to double check. I genuinely don't remember what kind of um, casting Augusta was at the prologue. All I remember is I made the conscious choice that Augusta went basically hard martial mm. after that point. Um, but I, I'd have to she double check. She didn't get an opportunity to actually question. even start I, casting I a spell, don't right? remember. Did she even start? She just turned up and got knocked out, right? Immediately. I don't remember. I think she started trying to cast a spell and didn't get a single spell out. And I think if I rem- This is going real, like, into the dim recesses of my memory, and I could be wrong. I have a vague memory that she may have been... Oh, my God. She may have been the only standard wizard you met. Yeah. Mm. That would have made sense as early level in character. Yeah. Early level boss encounter. I think that she was a low level wizard who then went martial for the rest and ended up technically being yeah. a gish build, but not not really. If anyone knows what that is, um, okay, interesting question. But yeah, I can't give more detail than that. Go on then, Bryn. <laughs> Clonk. That's the thud of all of my. I'm Ugh. just rolling repeats now. Good. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Uh, what happened to Bola Smock? Were they killed by the oh. the Harlequins in Prague, or what, did they just die of old age? Uh, the Harlequins attempted to assassinate Bolasmok and found Bolasmok was already dead. Oh, so it was old of, age. of old age. Yeah, Bolasmok died of old yeah. age, not hundreds of years ago. To be clear, like Bolasmok has in the campaign world from the start died recently. Mm. From the start of the campaign, Bolasmok's already dead. Yeah. Uh, Bolasmok died recently. The Harlequins made a play to be like, ha ha, it's a corpse. Ah, <laughs> hmm, let's reevaluate. <laughs> and that's when the party are meeting them is after that. Mm. I didn't really think it, I considered making it a thing, a mystery you could uncover and so on, but actually it worked far better as just, yeah, this person's already dead, didn't you know? Like, <laughs> it, it, it was more interesting that way. But yeah, they tried to kill him, but Bolasmok just died of old age. And I tried to make that clear in the Rome one, although my description was No, no, Bolasmok was the yeah, oldest. Yeah. Which the is oldest that, like, one. the others were little dinkly wormlings, some of them. Like, Apophis was, like, quite young, yeah. whereas Bolasmok was already, like... Apophis was, like, a little babus. Yeah, whereas <laughs> um, Bolasmok was, like, I'm going to mess yeah. you all up straight He's already away. already an adult yeah, dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why Bolasmok has already aged out, and Apophis is actually getting to a, an elder 
aid state at that point. Good question, but yeah. Thankfully, I can answer that one. <laughs> I thought you would be able to. If there's one thing with these Q&As I hate, it's that half of them are like, there is no answer to that question, and the other one is, incredibly deep detail, <laughs> and nothing in between. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, 61. Okay, 61, 61. From Jasper Way Mythical to everyone. Ooh, what do you think your characters would do if they lived in modern times? I.e., would they use social media? Would they like TV shows? That kind of thing. Like, what's the personality style of your characters in, like, modern real life, the I guess? The coffee shop AU versions of our characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Lovely question. Hamid would be an awful person, in my opinion. Because <laughs> uh, he'd never have to confront all his privilege. Oh, he'd get siloed. He'd be, he'd be an influencer. And like, oh, and you know, be in the echo chamber. A, a, an unpleasant one, you know? Well, that's better than I, I thought that there was a risk of him being uh, like a young Tory. I mean, no, but he'd be a young Tory influencer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be Darren he'd... Grimes. <gasps> no. no, he'd be... Actually, no, Parent is more charismatic than Darren Grimes. He'd be, cons- he'd be all about conspicuous consumption. Yeah, he would. It'd all be the the expensive He'd car. Be like, hey, and... look how rich I yeah. am. Look how much I enjoy all these fancy things that my money gives me access to. Because he'd never he'd never have to deal with you know it, this this world is even worse in terms of protecting people <laughs> with privilege, and he'd never have to deal or confront any of it. So he would have stayed the terrible child. Oh my he god, began I as. can see his Instagram. I can literally see his Insta where it's like the rack of um, Chateau de Neuf behind him and he's just like living my best life and all that yeah, stuff. In front of his golden Lamborghini. Oh, yeah. I totally see that. Mm. I oh, love him, but odd. this world would, would be bad for him. Mm. Agreed. Absolutely um, agreed. Grizzop would be um, just well into extreme sports. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would! Yeah, you're right! Yes. Just well into it. <laughs> I, I can imagine Sasha kind of similarly. I, I can just imagine the, like the lock-picking lawyer, lawyer type <laughs> YouTubes. Yeah, where like doesn't oh, show yeah. a face, but is like but d- has a big following mm. of just like doing complicated lockpick slash mechanical things. Um, whereas Cell would. I can imagine them having other jobs than being like on social media. But now thinking about the social media presence, <laughs> I like the idea of, yeah, Sasha as the lockpicking lawyer type thing, like breaking things open. And Cell uh, is, you know, Tom Scott and like halfway yeah. between that, like just finds a topic and just will ramble at you <laughs> wonderfully for however long somewhere between that and like Simone Geertz where mm. you're just oh, coming up with these incredible yes. builds yeah, yeah. Sure. um but I I don't think that Cell is as articulate as either of them <laughs> uh so it wouldn't be that big a channel I uh, could see yeah. Cell of having a failed stint on Mythbusters Oh. Where everyone was like, "Listen, you know your stuff, and you're really interesting, but you're you're terrible on camera. You're, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. you're just awful on camera." They do really well in the um in the auditions because they've got like quite a bit of sort of not exactly. charisma, but like energy. They do the int, int to car mm. absolutely um, into chess yeah. switch, but like it begins to fall apart when it's it's uh, charisma focused. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're doing like who would they be I genuinely am thinking about their all of their like social media channels I won't do it for say wild and other like fictionalised versions of real people because I think that can get very muddy very quickly I don't, I'm not mm. I'm not diving down that rabbit hole I'll do it for Ed though 
Yeah. Uh, and Barnes and Carter. Uh, Ed. No, Carter Carter. <laughs> Ed absolutely would run a gym that has a dessert bar. <laughs> and when asked, he'll be like, working out's fun, dessert is fun, you have the two together. And he, he would just be completely like, not see the irony, and it would be a really popular gym. Like, absolutely, he'd be doing really well for himself. Um, as for... Although I, th- I think... Uh, wait, also, but technically, you can't have Ed, because wasn't he, like... A Plantagenet. Yeah. <laughs> or was, was he a completely fictitious Plantagenet? I think he was a descendant of real people rather than a real person. Uh, he wasn't... Okay, yeah, he wasn't he was actually. A, yeah, he was a very, very... Di- I'm, o- I'm okay with yeah, Ed. Yeah, sure. uh, and as for Barnes, I think Barnes is going to be a rather boring answer, which is... Barnes still would have been in the military. Yeah. So as a result, I don't mean that in a like negative way, just he would just be as different as anyone who is in our military versus a meritocratic navy would be. Mm. And I know that's not a particularly exciting answer, but that's the truth. <laughs> but yeah, Ed definitely runs a gym with a dessert bar. I'm very certain <laughs> of that. I think Zolf would be a very sad teacher. Oh, oh God. Oh. A sad, tired teacher. Oh. <laughs> you just oh, I get God. that energy. <laughs> For some reason, I think chemistry, and I don't know why. I think that might just be anecdotal experience. Mm. Yeah. I, um, Azu would probably be like either a physiotherapist or like an actual therapist. Mm. Um, mm. Agreed. And if she was going to have Definitely. a social media, she'd have one of those like tiktok accounts where it's like um here's how to recognize um when you're catastrophizing and like do like a little yeah pointing to if you yeah. do this. yeah i know exactly <laughs> the one to me yeah should be dancing yeah <laughs> doing a little dance um yeah one of one of those accounts where like they do a little dance and point at text appearing on the screen um amazing oh. If we're I doing specifically it. social media, Zolf would be one of those accounts where he just like really deadpanly de- like debunks people saying stupid stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also think in her spare time, Azu would um, she'd do something like uh, you know kung fu or jujitsu, something like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I like that. In, that that is one of the reasons that I like paladins. The like the inherent contradiction in that like they they are healers and but they are, they are healers with a gun. They're a doctor who has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot you better. Do no harm unless you all deserve yeah. it. And I just I like that. Interesting. So yeah. <laughs> Good question. I like that question. That was a fun one. All right, all right. I think we got time for a couple more. Let's see where we get. Ninety one. Whoa, we're getting quite niche on that one. All right. Scaredy crow. Okay, this is a question to everyone, but about wild. What kind of an animal do you think wild would be in the Ben Quest sort of root special <laughs> if he had been part of it? Oh, ferret. <laughs> I'd go skunk. I think some kind of bird. Bird. Oh, hot take. Yeah, like um, a a, a peacock maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, I. Sort of like iridescent, but also very quick and clever. So magpie, mm. yeah. Actually, magpie. I'm I'm wondering maybe like if you know much about minks, <laughs> a mink. So like a big ferret. Yeah, yeah. But, mink, but minks are like the mischievousness of ferrets. In, in from what I understand, the mischievousness of ferrets like dialed to eleven. <laughs> or maybe a maybe a stoat. So tiny. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm on the same page as Ben. Basically, they mustelid vibes. <laughs> You've been very quiet, Bryn. Any thoughts? Uh, no, I'm afraid I don't 
think about animals enough, but also I'm not familiar enough with what animals exist in that setting. Bryn does not engage in the furification. (laughs) (laughs) Your loss. Okay, (laughs) next question. Uh, This is, ooh, 19. Oh, we've already had it. Bryn won. No. Boo. Uh Mm. What was up with the different Einsteins? What happened to the real Einstein? And what was the fake Einstein? And which Einstein was which? Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. In the London safe house right at the end. Um, now, I need you to know, I've written all this out and I have it all lined up, but it has also been, what, six months? Mm. So you're going to have to... Not quite, but not far off. Yeah, you're going to have to give me a chance to line stuff up in my brain. You all returned from Svalbard with the real... Yes. Einstein. Ah. You all got into... The um, let me get this right. Let me get this right. It does. It does fit, but it was unnecessarily complicated, <laughs> and I didn't mean it to be. But it just became that. You came back with the real Einstein, but you met a false Barrett. What? Oh. oh. <laughs> you went into the situation. That was why Barrett was being soups weird. Right. You went into the situation, like into the uh, the lab mm. or whatever. While you were sleeping, Einstein basically had to go out for a thing. If you'd have asked questions of various people, they'd have been like, oh, yeah, Einstein headed out. And I think someone mentioned that Einstein headed out and then came back in. He never came back in. The fake Barrett went into Barrett's room, can go all gloopy, and then later turned into Einstein and was f***ing around as Einstein. Oh, I didn't realize he was a shapeshifter. You also swore you again. You said f*** again. Oh, I did. <laughs> you were really out of practice. I'm so out of practice. I apologize. <laughs> But yeah, um, so it had a shapeshift ability that never really came up. I can now say what it is, though, because I said at the time I couldn't oh, say yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah, what is it? Um, let me make sure I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it was a Meslan, mechanically speaking, mm. which sure. is super obscure, yeah. but a really horrible, horrible little uh, creature. I saw at least one fan guess that, so, I think. So the Einstein that's... Grark and Hamid met was a was the fake one, and then what about the mobile stone call while we were at Chaucer's? Was that the real? That Einstein? was a re- that was from the real Einstein right. being like, "What's going on? Everything's going weird." <laughs> yeah, and um, was the ringing from outside the safe house also Einstein? Because we yes. did guess that, but we were like, "Yes, we cannot, it was." That was Einstein is, being can't like, "Take the risk." Why is no one letting me in? I went out to get milk, and right. now I can't get in. <laughs> right. What's happening? And then Einstein is the one because it came up in the epilogues. Who was like? basically started searching around being like why can't i get in that's barrett's corpse that's that's what i is oh they're like um the meslans are basically uh the terminator 2 terminator, terminator 2 yeah so meslans are in the original like pathfinder lore they are like a designed weapon where they take a person who's like skilled at martial and then goopify them into a terminator 2 yeah um Ooh, right it is CR fourteen, if you, in case you were interested. That was really a really difficult encounter, mm. and I boosted the CR even more. If you remember, why a bunch of additional uh, contextual factors. Oh, the knockout gas, which yeah. took out a lot. Yeah, that yep, was. Um, yeah, yeah. But Meslans, I I thoroughly recommend for anyone who wants to punish their party <laughs> unnecessarily. We, we were are... a level eleven party, and then you threw that encounter at us, and then a ancient gold dragon like yeah i absolutely yeah. over cr'd the ending i yeah. you deserve to struggle and I yet was, we survived well and and yet zolf died but gm fiat to get mm. a good story because you i wasn't surviving he, you were in your death. unconscious hp not you're dead yeah then yeah. i took falling damage 
Mm. Yeah, your boots your boots would have kept working even after you passed out. Oh. And you fell out of the world into uh, yeah. splishy extra plane of water, so don't worry about it. Yeah, but that's the GM for you. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, okay, 62. Last couple now. Jenna, how long did the session for the final battle take you to play? Oh, the finale took so long. Do you mean like a final battle as in the several episodes? So let's so let's answer like I think they were getting at how long did the final battle take, but I think we should answer for the finale as well. Yeah, the battle was all right. The battle was sort of realish time with mm. a, a lot of rules looking up, but no, I think it was all there right. There was a it? lot of rules looking up. Oh, I okay. think I honestly, like having sort of looked at the edit side, um the battle at our end ran much longer than what came out the other yes. end, but due to the level of complexity it became like, I do this thing. Oh no, wait, because of so like there was the bit where I forget, there was something that kept saving everyone over and over again, like a, a, a fact I forgot. Or it something. was Azu's. Uh, the, 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 I'm, the I'm angry at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what like, was Azu's buff? They gave everyone So there was like a, a lot of like, okay, this, this, this happens. No, I forgot this thing. Oh, we go back. This, this, this happens. Mm. No, we forgot this thing. Oh, okay, we go back. This, this, this thing. By it was very... that point, there were so many bonuses mm. stacked that were yeah. affecting everyone differently because yeah. they stacked yeah. differently with our equipment and spells and character building. And there were some distance auras that you we yeah. could enter yeah. and leave. And... I'd cast prayer or holy whisper or something like that. So, yeah. you know, those yeah. waves that were coming off Babbage, they were meant to have multiple varying effects. However, things got that complicated. I started to dial back on the complexity <laughs> just because I was yeah. like, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say the battle ran very, very long, but the finale episode as well with, like, the extra plane entity and blah, 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 that one rang very, very long as well. That was because... oh, that was a, a horrible recording. It came you out have, pretty good, but it you was You have to get it right. Recording. That's the problem. Yeah. Is you don't have the luxury of being like, ah, close enough. I just remember there being a lot of tiredness in the virtual room as well for unrelated yeah. reasons. Like, unfortunately, multiple of us were not feeling our best that day. Mm. And also, I think, like, we ended up, like Hammond and Zolf ended up having another argument and then we went no that's yeah. you can't do that well so I remember taking the most again. time was because the finale was so talky and we wanted to get it right we'd be like oh actually I think that I would say this instead or I yeah. think actually I would react in this way so we were redoing and going down different branches of conversation quite a and lot that's the yeah. hardest bit is redoing improv conversations yeah. you know we've got to hit the beats but we can't just repeat ourselves we can't just re- we can't remember and then it's like so where were we how far do we back do we yeah. go are we reintegrating ourselves like it must have been a nightmare yeah to it's one of those ones where i think the end product came out as, as good as we could have really hoped like that's that's what you mm. want really i'd say genuinely i came out of that one yeah. the, the recording session yeah. any recording you can walk away from any recording you can walk away actually, from. That's what post is for. Anything you can walk away from. I, I think it was actually. I, I think it was the wrong decision for them to cut three quarters of my references to the pinned butterfly. Metaphor. <laughs> 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 right. If anything, it wasn't repeated enough. Mm. But in contrary to the finale, I would say the epilogues were wonderful to record and i found those not just because you were all doing the work (laughs) much easier like those were a genuine pleasure to be oh what happened to these people etc etc it felt way more organic way more natural whereas the finale was a little bit yeah crafted because the thing is the redoing the redoing continued even to the end because then we had to deal with the fact there was no magic and we had to remember all the different things we had that were activated by man we did the ending like four times didn't we yeah we did it was something like because i i i walked away in the first one and then went no wait i can't do that yeah there was a whole thing where like cell turned 
uh, it was like you you said I said does Cell still have their wings, and you said no, and I said okay Cell turns into a a bird and flies up, and we got a couple of sentences into that before you're like wait 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 no <laughs> no. No. <laughs> the level of confusion in this explanation, multiply it yeah. out a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. That was I what it was the, like. I still think the call on Brutal reverting to a normal dog is inconsistent with, with the interaction of other mm. uh, previously established effects as well, but we got so confused around ourselves. I think that's a justifiable stance, but also tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think of the carnage under that alpine mountain. Oh my god! It's just like a Alex, zoo got that, just dumped into a no, cave. That's look awful. at the shiny! It's look so at the shiny upset. over here! <laughs> it's very bad. Don't, it's very don't bad. look over there. Look at the shiny over here. Look at all. Look, look! look everyone's having a lovely epilogue. Just shut up. Yeah, all we're going to say is it, it ain't blooming Zootopia no, now, right? No, next, <laughs> I think the question, they question just... is like each of like the last run of episodes was like one and a half to two hours. Yeah. But then the epilogues we did, and I was like, oh, yes, this is why I enjoy role-playing. <laughs> oh, here you go. Here you go. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. It wasn't Carnage because the transformation had a small tail end of, like, residual sapience enough for them all to just wander off and be happy. Let's not examine any ramifications for that and move on. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Job done. Same way that Prague University just drifted really gently downwards with no consequences. That's how the fly spell ends. I, I did check that in fairness. So yeah, yeah. We, 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 how does the fly right spell end one? when all magic disappears, though? Because <laughs> it, it doesn't disappear in one instant. It gradually fades out of the world while we were unconscious. That was written in your brief. <laughs> that was written in your brief. We did not, we did oh, okay, not do enough. an Ultron. Very explicitly. We did not squelch Prague. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Bloody uh, squelch the world having that hit yeah. the ground. Yeah. Okay. 45, Chekhov's Marbles. What has been your favourite thing about remote recordings? What do you miss about in-person recordings? My favourite thing about this, I, I'll go straight out of the gate. It's a lot easier to run a game like this. Mm. I've got all of my screens. I've got all my online stuff. I've got all of the stuff. So as a result, the whole, oh, wait a moment, I'll check this book. Move, I've got to get to that book. No, move, move. I've got, oh, wait, it's underneath that. What Like, mm. all of that's gone. I fully converted, and as a result, it made running it much quicker. And that's just straight out the gate, an obvious one at my end. Uh, mine's easy. Don't have a five-hour round commute. Yep. True. I, I do nice. appreciate the not... Yeah. My, I, I had an easy I don't one, have... and it was three hours round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I also, I don't, like... I, I absolutely don't ever begrudge this, but, like, there were a couple of times where I turned up at Alex's house, and it was like, yeah, we're not doing the recording because something's come up, like, an emergency's happened and stuff. And I was like, oh, that was oh the I worst. guess I'll go home then. <laughs> Which the is worst. fine, you know, that's like, you know, whatever. You pay I, for the travel. So. I really appreciate being able to have a glass of drink right by me <laughs> and not worrying about, like, knocking it over onto someone else's equipment and ruining yeah. everything. And I'm only receiving yeah. myself. And also, if I take a sip and it's a slightly noisy sip, I know it's only on my track <laughs> and that can just be silenced. Absolutely. Not Makes having it... to stop to cough. Not yeah. being like, yeah, stop, yeah, room, yeah. shut up. <laughs> Oh, right. that's what, oh, I forgot that. We had to do the signal of, like, everyone stop everything. It's also, it's oh. not so hot. The temperature, God. Like, by, by, the, by the end, like, yeah. with five people in a sound-insulated room with the window shut. Nightmare. Uh, where we are, like, let's be honest, like, dispersing a lot of hot air between us. <laughs> um, like, even, even on, like, autumn and spring days where, like, it's, it's the UK, mm. it is not hot. It got sweaty, and then during at the height of summer, it was like horrific. I mean, the stink horrific. in that studio. I'm surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, rather, if like that room still smells now. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> 
It's a problem. Uh, <laughs> foam absorbs smells. We have become we have become far too familiar with each other's body odors. But if I ever miss any of you, I just go over to a wall, lick it, and it's like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Awful. Um, Awful. Um, in terms of negatives, apart from the obvious of like it's it's nice human contact, mm. you know, it's quite pleasant. Um, I, as a GM. Don't like if if you if you're playing at this level, don't underestimate how much body language matters. You can yeah. really tell if someone's uncomfortable. You can tell if someone's mentally checked out. You can tell if someone's thinking about something else or if something's going to be a problem. And you can read that body language if if you're good at it. And it's one of the few few things I can do. And you you can read that body language easily on remote call. Depending on how someone's got it set up, you are reading someone's nose and eyebrows. <laughs> if it's, and it's just like. Great, I have no insight into you as a result, mm. and that makes it trickier. I think there's been a lot more explicit discussion in video where someone will put their hand up and go, I am feeling this thing like right now. I would like to therefore do this thing, whereas previously we'd have all just kind of instinctively recognised it from body language. Which being explicit is not necessarily oh, a bad thing. No, no, but no, it's no, no. not a bad thing at all, but the, the missing yeah. element of body yeah, language yeah, yeah, as a yeah. GM puts a little bit more conscious effort into keeping tabs on people and active check-ins i mm. guess i i like ro- role-playing over i know a lot of people have to um but like personally i i, I much prefer role-playing in person just because of yeah. that because you could like stand up and walk around and do silly mm. jokes and yeah and also you can cross talk obviously we don't do that in the show but when you're on a call doing a game you cannot cross talk because everybody's getting the same volume of person yeah. in their ears all the time and it's horrible yeah 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 and you can't really do secret things you can't whisper to someone oh yeah. why, wouldn't it be fun if we did this um i will say what i like about remote recording is that i can look things up so similarly to you alex yeah. Big like help. i just like have i can have like Whatever the Pathfinder went, D20, PFSL, futter, futter, I can have that open and look things up and read things out. Yes. Makes me yeah, look less the- stupid. <laughs> I stop putting countries in the wrong place. Well, do it Yeah, less. having the tabs with all the spells you're going to use in the combat open is really handy. Yeah. I, I really liked the fancy battle maps, the online ones. Yeah. yeah. I do think yeah. the recording suffered a bit. Especially when we first started using those, because we weren't describing stuff very well. To Lots make of it it's over there by the thing, <laughs> rockable for the audience. Uh, but yeah, that was yeah. a problem when we used even the hand-drawn, yeah, minifigs, uh, minis you know. ones oh, too. But so. I miss, I miss minifigs. Mm. I am a sucker in RPGs for a good minifig, even yeah. if we're just playing on a blank battle map. Like I, I love her. I love having the. Oh, here's it the thing. It was things. so fun, like hodgepodging it, especially doing those with Sasha's acrobatics. <laughs> like, at what level is everyone? I yeah, I enjoyed when when Hamid flew and us being like, okay, so how many dice do we balance? The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he'd be like six feet off no, the no, table. No, no, the best solution was we used empty the little you know rectangle cuboid your dice um yeah yeah yeah, dice boxes which are see-through and you can stack them quite easily because they're cuboids and so this actually makes it look like someone's up in the air just (laughs) enough to to help maintain the illusion yeah yeah, i do miss that i do miss that yeah okay so i think this is our final question from time i'm gonna give people an option i can roll again if you want the boring bad option (laughs) option b i'll let you all just agree on a number and we can answer that question or option c you can all take a gamble and have a brin question to finish on so are the 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 split between question one 
and question 69. <laughs> oh! I'm voting, for, I'm voting for question one. I, I think that, that has been decided by popular... Yes, popularity. I... Yeah, okay... Okay, I'm feeling 69. generous. Do it, it for the vine. 69. Do I'll, it for the vine. I'll do you a favour then. We'll do one and 69 if we're quick about it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> question one. The most asked question. Can we all guess what it is? Can we guess <laughs> oh, yeah, go what on. question go one on. is? What do, you, what do you think it's going to be? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's high up there, but no. Uh, Alex, who was your favourite character? Ooh. Uh, Me. <laughs> right oh, right. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, Alex's okay. favourite character is Alex. Yep. Brent, um, you got a... Okay. Any guesses? My guess was what's Wild Scar already. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's question three. Uh, okay. Yeah. So question one. What is so- This is for everyone. What is something about your character's backstory, or in Alex's case, the world, that just didn't come up and that you, ha- and ideally that you haven't told the others yet. <laughs> I will say one at my end to start, which is a world one, which I can now say, and I'm glad that the northern stuff came up. And this, I think, was another question lower down. There was a couple of questions of Australia's a penal colony. That seems wildly out of touch. Let's deconstruct that, shall we? The northern wastes, <laughs> northern wastes in yeah. bunny ears. Was Australia a penal colony? Um. It was a very short-lived and failed attempt that the meritocrats covered up and is become uh, a, a, there is a, a thriving population down there, both of indigenous and non-indigenous, and the penal colony failed almost immediately, but meritocratic communication was just like, yes, this thing is over there. Don't look. Don't look at that society that is flourishing without us because it's definitely not there. It was their one of their biggest failures, and I'd hoped it might find a way to come up because otherwise it just sounds like the story was wildly like weird there. But it was a similar situation to the Northern Waste meritocratic propaganda. But uh, that's the one thing I was like, I I really want that to come up, but no, the, the, all of the ins never triggered. Uh, like I, I've said most things. I think I had a bit of an idea of like what Sasha was doing while she was at rake finds of like trying to escape and mm. and then uh Barrett's agents finding her and continually like she would find friends and Barrett would undermine that or destroy that or threaten the friends and yeah. it took a while to work out that it was the ring um, and so that was just something that I think I, I think I mentioned in the notes, like as an aside, but it, like that she occasionally would kind of try and make friends or leave for a while and it, and wasn't able to, but I had that quite developed in my head as like a particularly traumatizing thing of, of trying to branch out or even like climbing over rooftops and and making friends with like people who were living in the kind of garret in a similar sort of way to the like uh what's it um peter pan type thing of someone coming through the window and like in this <laughs> posh area and then be like oh hello it's our magical assassin friend <laughs> um and always like barrett finding out where she'd been and and ruining it and actual conspiracy to keep Sasha lonely yeah like basically but it, it not being in a not 
but in a very achievable way. Like he's got a tracking device on her, basically, yeah. and yeah. it's very possible to to kind of just send goons to a place and make sure that she can't get through a door, she can't do a thing, or yeah, she yeah. doesn't see those people anymore. That was that was like the only thing because. When I get excited about stories, so I tell everyone everything all the time. <laughs> like, I absolutely do not understand how Alex kept as many kind of secrets as he did because I think I even asked you in like the first couple of years, like, how are you doing this? Like, how do you, mm. like, when you know that there are things out there that we can't see? <laughs> the and, key like, is the... writing it down and forgetting it and then only opening the books later and mm. trying to remember what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's one way. Hmm. So I've just pulled up the uh, the backstory. Uh, it's it's called a uh, basic character backstory Azu V three. Nice, that is a good solid title. Love it. <laughs> um, so I think I would have loved to have gone more into uh, the the paladin that brought Azu into the the yeah. temple of Aphrodite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. The dwarven paladin. She was called Zugi Brightheart. Zugi? Yeah, I really, really wanted to introduce Zugi Brightheart, but it just never quite lined up. Yeah, yeah. I but... regret that. I'd like to have. Zugi. I really wish wished we'd got a chance to talk to Chinwa when he showed up when we were on the bear, mm. and nope, we were couldn't, like, "No, nope, he him. has to quarantine. We have to go. Off we go." Um, yep. That hurt. That yeah. physically hurt me. By the way, <laughs> but I totally logical. Completely made sense. And the second that you said that, I was like. Well, obviously, Alex, come on, <laughs> damn it. God. I also just realised that there is a through line because um, one of the things you asked us to write was like, what's the best thing they've ever done? And um, I wrote down the best thing she ever did was um, manage to deliver a baby and save the mother without losing either of them. Aww. And now she, 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 and she ended up running like a, a you know, a, a clinic for, a pregnancy clinic. Maternity thing. clinic. Yeah. Yeah, really nice. And I'd completely forgotten about that. So, so yeah, that's cool. I think the only backstory thing was something I talked about last Q and A about the 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 one NPC that never came up who was sworn to sworn to revenge himself <laughs> upon Hammond. But uh, I do have two. They are actually around the world. Like they've been chasing yeah. you. They're just not very good at it. So. Where in the world is Hamid <laughs> Salah Harun Al Tahan? <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I do have two others. Um, after the recording session where we met Chaucer and we hung out with Chaucer. Oh, yeah. I wrote uh, some notes in character as Hamid for the rest of the party and messaged Alex saying, Hamid has written these in secret. He wants to leave them with Chaucer so that if he doesn't survive the final battle, but the rest of them come back to Chaucer, they can find these letters. Aww. And I wanted to do it in an authentic way as possible. So I never told or discussed it with the rest of it you. Was I was just really like, artfully done. if it happens Aww. in that exact way, they can organically find this. If not, no worries. And obviously it didn't play out that way at all. But yeah. yeah. Uh, the last one I want is something I really wanted to happen in Epilogue 3. In Epilogue 2, Hamid talked about missing flying. Mm. And we'd oh, agreed yeah. oh, that yeah. in Epilogue 3, Cell uh, um, would have invented something like either hang gliding or paragliding yeah. behind a boat. And that they would it would be an activity they did together because they both used to love flying. Mm. Yeah. And it just didn't come up. And that's fine. But it, but it can I still be canon. Canon, it was happening. They just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't, didn't yeah. mention it. Just yeah, didn't come I love during the episode three, so but it is definitely canon. Mm. Which because I love that as a moment, a, a way for Cell and Hammond to rebond twenty years later, basically mm. to fly I together again. Loved that detail. That was almost my favourite in the entirety of the <laughs> epilogues. Loved it. 
so uh, Ben, I have all the characters and all of the families that never turned up, <laughs> Meredith. Uh, any well, other secrets we don't know about? Well, I didn't actually write any backstory for Tielvar, so who knows about mm-hmm. that. Um, I've been having a read through, like Zolf. I think I think we broadly covered everything. Um, I mean, there's something that didn't come up. I don't know if like it's something that nobody knows about, but like after he was in the navy, uh, he joined a pirate crew of a ship called the Sea Troll. Mm. And that was an NPC, the Captain Erica Brinholm, that that never got brought up. I was I was toying with though them being at Svalbard. Yeah. When you visited Svalbard, didn't come up because of the shape of the story, but I was really toying with introducing them in Svalbard. Yeah. So just that's a, that's a thing. I don't think that's like a secret, but it's just a thing that never got really mentioned. Mm. For Grizzop, again, like not too much. Um, although, uh, again, I might have told people. I can't remember, but like I think uh, one question that I see floating around is like, why is um, he so scared of drowning? Have I did I did I say anything about that? I feel like that I mean, came up. Didn't you backstory? Wasn't Grizzop the only survivor of like his clutch who drowned in like a tunnel? Oh, I did say that. Yeah, yeah I did say okay. that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in which case, like I think I've pretty much covered. Yeah, everything. There is one fun abandoned plot line that occurs to me as well that I don't think I've ever mentioned. Mm. Um, to be clear, not in the story. Like, this was one of those sandbox ideas that got abandoned very quickly. I did toy with the logistics of having Sasha distantly related to Bertie. <laughs> oh. So that when it came to, like, inheriting titles, it'd be like, hey, Sasha, guess who's the next heir? <laughs> um, it didn't pan out that oh, way, that and I'm glad it would, have been the wrong, it would have been the wrong move for the character, but I did be, be fun, like, though. oh, Sasha's parents could have been on the sea troll, which sank them, and as in, like, on the ship that the sea troll attacked, mm. and therefore there's a connection to Zolf, and then therefore, ah, that's why there's no explanation, but actually he's, a, like, a great, great <laughs> related cousin, da, 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 but no. No, that all kind of died on yeah, the vine. I'm glad but that I did didn't happen, it. but it's funny. Oh yeah, it was. It's yeah. a worse story choice, but that's one I've never mentioned. Where I was like, that could be fun and crazy, but yeah, fun and kooky, but it never really came off. Okay, I think that's a nice closer then. Um, thank you all for joining me on our Q and A. I think we have one more after this one, but not immediately after this, so that people have had a chance to listen to the epilogue and and uh, the third epilogue and and have their final questions. Uh, this was an enlightening for me as it as it was for other people. I think I learned a lot. Um, anything anyone wants to say before we disappear for another week? Oh, sorry about uh, question 69. Maybe we can save it and answer it next maybe time. Maybe we'll do it next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. you forgot about 69. 69 well, also, has we'll been denied time, to you. We'll you forgot about 69? <laughs> oh, and it's a shame 69 is a cracking question. We'll make sure we cover it next okay. time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, bye, everyone. Bye. bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.